0: Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Feeling Is Musical, as presented by the Sonomish County Music Project. My name is Erica Lee, and today we chat with Yana Ramos about Alexa and how music therapy can support emotional understanding and expression. Yana is a music therapist whose personal, professional paradigm is grounded in disability justice, wonder, and playfulness. Yana shares space with children, families, and adults where they strive to co-create in bravery and trust. As a neurodivergent and disabled person of color, Yana hopes to embody the belief that everyone is worthy of dignity, agency, care, and rest. Yana holds a bachelor's in humanities, a bachelor's in music therapy, and is currently pursuing a master's in music therapy. Welcome back to the podcast, Diana. It's been a minute since you've been on the podcast. It's been a few, yeah. Um, I'm curious. I asked Callie this question, and I would like to ask you the same question. Music therapists can work in a variety of settings. There's lots of different places to be a music therapist. Why did you decide to work for a nonprofit and... What about the music project specifically? Why work here, of all the places you can work?
1: I think finding my way to the music project was really auspicious. I actually didn't know it existed until March of 2019 when I was already beginning my internship search. Um, And then I met some cool people from SCMP at the regional conference in Oregon. There were there were things because of like school situations, like the school I started at closed and so like I was already at a place of having re examined I mean, still do, but like, is this even the right field for me? Um, there's so many things that I don't align with in this field. But then I met V, Cassie, and Colby at the conference, and, you know, we got to talking and, and just, like, finding, like, those connections and the, the shared beliefs, I guess. It was just, like, refreshing um, and kind of inspiring, I guess. Mm. And then I was very fortunate to be able to come here for internship, and I was also very fortunate to be offered a position here, um to work after internship, and, like, the same things are true, like, being connected to cool people who, um, a lot of our, like, values and things that we care about align here. Um okay. And I think, like, a space where we can all, like, try to grow together. Um, so... Yeah, it's cool. Cool.
0: Well, we're glad you're here. So last April, we talked about the double empathy problem. It's episode number 10. I went back and listened to it because there are some connections I made between the research I was doing for this episode and that episode. It was really interesting to think about the connections between the two things. But we're going to talk about alexithymia, which we off podcast have had an extensive conversation about how to pronounce it. So we hope that is the correct pronunciation. Uh, Yana, can you tell us about what is alexithymia?
1: Alexithymia, uh, loosely translated, means a lack of words for emotions. It's when people have a difficulty in identifying, verbalizing, and or processing emotions in themselves or others. It also can include like a difficulty in distinguishing between the sort of physiological uh, responses of having an emotion and your body's uh, physical sensations of like thirst and hunger, um, and also a difficulty in even identifying those things. And then that can also lead to, I guess, what's sort of clinically known as externally oriented thinking. So processing what's going on inside by focusing on things outside of you. And because alexithymia also deals with the words for emotions, um, it can also come as a result of trauma when when things uh, affect the speech area, the brocus area of the brain, there are a lot of different ways alexithymia can show up and people will experience different aspects of it to different like degrees. So it's kind of multidimensional in that way.
0: So that's kind of an overview of what it is. Thanks for that overview. I'm curious, it sounds like it impacts a wide number of people there's not just one or two different ways that you maybe like would inherit it or it would um, start to develop. I'm curious, because it impacts a wide variety of people, what is the general impact on a person's well-being?
1: I think it's one of those things, I'm speaking from like, I guess to know like this is the way I understand alexithymia and I also, like, have experience with it. So a lot of where I'm coming from is drawn from, like, my own experience and then reading, like, accounts of uh, mostly other autistic people mm-hmm. with alexithymia. Um, I think for me, growing up and sort of, you know, experiencing my emotions the way I experience them, I thought, like, oh, that's just the way it works. And, I mean, it is for me. But uh, when I found out that there was, like, this word for the sort of disconnect I would often feel, this disconnect between, like, from me to my, to the emotions in my body, I guess, it was really helpful um, because then I could begin to, like, get to know my, like, personal, for some reason the term emotional landscape is coming to mind, like, what do my emotions physically feel like in me i was thinking about like just briefly talking about how emotion processing happens um because with alexithymia that's primarily what is affected um one or more parts of the way people process emotions so Emotions are basically, like, really quick uh, reactions, responses to stimuli in the environment. Um, Like, the immediate response is physiological, so, like, your heart rate will speed up, or your um, blood pressure will go up or down, and then that will affect, like, your posture or your facial expression. Um, So those sort of more external behaviors, like your, your voice might get tighter or something like that, depending on the emotion. And then from that, that's sort of when the, like, experience and the cognitive part of emotion processing happens. So you then begin to, like, put those physiological and external responses into context. So, like, physiologically something happens. That affects the, like, external, uh, your gestures, your voice, your, your posture. And then you begin to synthesize that into, okay, I can talk about this feeling in this way and relate it to this thing. And then from there, we respond to the synthesized information so all of the things i've mentioned so far basically happen in that quick response and a lot of them happen without you really having to think about it um and then after all that has happened your sort of subjective response um when you appraise the emotion you're like is this meaningful for me will it like does it matter does this feeling that I'm feeling will it help me what do I need to do to respond to this feeling all of that to say there's like a disconnect somewhere within that which can contribute to someone's experience with alexithymia um
0: Mm.
1: so like when those physiological changes happen it's like like, oh, my heart rate is going up, 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 but not not like connecting it to perhaps this means uh that I am stressed, perhaps this means that I am anxious, yeah, or like, sometimes not even mm, being able to notice those physiological changes, um. And that has to do with uh, our sense of interoception, um, which is basically the sense of, like, what's going on in your body. And when you have a sort of decreased uh, interoceptive sense, then, well, that kind of contributes to that aspect of emotion processing where, hmm, my stomach is feeling weird period. Versus my stomach is feeling weird. Oh, I also noticed this about my body. Oh, maybe this is, I'm feeling anxious. Or, oh, maybe I'm hungry. It's just a lot of like disconnections or like crossed, uh, crossed wires, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when all of that happens, then when your body isn't able to respond or work through various emotions, then that leads to, like, a lot of confusion or a lot of stuckness in your body. Uh, it's kind of like when trauma builds up and you're not able to sort of
0: release it or work through it. And so as a music therapist, if you have a client coming to you that has alexithymia, what strategies or what sort of activities do you do to support that person
1: so for me with like my own like my personal experience um i have found that music has been like i've used music i didn't know i was like doing it you know growing up and mm-hmm. and things like that um where i would be able to sort of connect like and this is what I was talking about earlier with the externally oriented thinking. So connecting stuff outside to help make sense of what's inside of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of show tunes and sort of using them subconsciously uh, to help myself um, sort of understand like, you know, because our music is, is based on, you know, Western constructs, you you sort of get conditioned like, major things sound happy and minor things sound sad. Mm -hmm. But, like, between that and, like, beyond that, using the, what's called prosody, so, like, the sort of contours melody of the speech to process the, oh, when this person sings something like this, that probably indicates, like sad or afraid or like taking the cues I guess from the music really um and so say if I'm at the piano and someone is saying I feel frantic right now or like maybe the feeling is frantic but what they can say is like um I have noticed that my heart rate is beating really quickly. Um, Maybe I feel like buzzy or tight or like I want to crawl out of my skin or something. Like these various descriptors, but the word frantic isn't there. Um, So I would try to play that on the piano and see if like we could find sort of that feeling on the piano. And then, you know, we could talk through it and say like, oh, maybe... Maybe it's this feeling or that feeling. One oh, another thing. Sometimes I I think of a emotion theme song kind of. So like, I had this assignment in class once where we were given five emotions like happy, sad, excited, um, and we had to say the song that fits with that emotion for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, that was really hard <laughs> for me um, because. First, I had to, like, figure out what that feeling in myself was. It's almost like learning your body's language, I guess. And then sort of working backwards from that angle or something. And so, like, figuring out, like, oh, so that feeling is sad. Connecting that to, oh, when I hear that song for me uh sad is when somebody loved me
0: from toy story 2 Mm, that's such a good song but i see how that could be really sad yeah
1: and and i connected that to again this like externally oriented i connected it way back to when i was nine watching toy story 2 for the first time and um like realizing oh that that was sad that Mm. was sad um yeah
0: yeah um we have talked about before effective and cognitive empathy um my understanding is effective empathy is like when you can feel something quote-unquote in the air um like something's happening or the emotion's really strong versus cognitive empathy is when you can like read it on somebody either from like something you're hearing or like facial expression or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate to what your understanding is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious then if that's what cognitive empathy is and you have a hard time processing emotions especially when you really need that external to make the connection. Does having alexithymia have an impact on cognitive empathy? So cognitive
1: empathy is like understanding the why of someone else's feelings Um, Uh and like the sort of, you know, breaking it down in your mind of like, oh, this happened, so they must be feeling this and that is kind of a lot of that externally oriented, like, thinking, I guess. Um, like, finding those patterns and kind of logicking into making sense of the emotion. And, and also, like, having a lexithymia doesn't, like, mean that we... It might, but it doesn't always mean that, like, we don't feel the emotion. Uh, or the, you know, sense the emotion, I guess. Um, mm. It just means that we don't always know. Well, I can know the concept of a something that I haven't seen before. Even though I've not seen it before because of, like, other information that I that I learn about it, you know. But I have to make sense of it. Through that other information. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with alexithymia, it's just not being able to verbalize the feelings. Like, you have the feeling, you feel the feeling, but the words don't happen. Um, I think that's kind of a part of that. Uh, it It can be a part of that affective empathy, like you still can sort of sense or feel the feelings, but, like, the, like, name for them or the how to describe them or things mm-hmm. like that are not always, they're more of a learned
0: thing. Okay. So it's more, yeah, it's that they're felt, but there's maybe a hard time with identification or verbalizing about yeah. them yeah um if you have a friend that you think has alexithymia or has said they have alexithymia what can you do to support your friend
1: I think one of the ways is really like listening to the ways they process or have come to process their emotions and sort of understanding like sometimes asking questions like how are you doing might not always get like the response of like i feel blank yeah i think it's like when you're really just when you're supporting anybody, but really understanding the way that they're communicating the things they're trying to communicate, you know? Yeah, just like, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, listening and learning the way that emotions happen for them or the way they experience their emotions.
0: Yeah. We are into the end of time for today. Is there anything any words of wisdom or other thoughts that you want to share because
1: alexithymia is, has to do also with uh, interoception like medically they're they're realizing like people can like not always i guess like under report or, or over report certain like if someone has pain like the perception could be different um because of that interoceptive sense
0: That's interesting to think about how that impacts, like, pain management. Mm Mm-hmm. Because
1: with interoception, like, you know, if you can't always tell if you are tired or if you have to pee or if you're hungry, like, that will also affect, like, things with your emotions because, like, the connection between your your physiological state and your like emotional responses. Um they're very much connected, you know?
0: Yeah. Um so thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well thanks. If you'd like to know more about the music project, please visit our website at SSNSAMCSNCat musicproject dot org. On our website, you can also find transcripts for every podcast episode. We encourage you to connect with us on social media at SC Music Project. On all social media platforms, never miss notifications for new episodes and other projects. Thanks again to Yana for being here today. Thank you listeners for listening and we will talk to you next time.